0: Welcome to another edition of the Boston Sports Brew. No deal. Danny Ainge and the Celtics stand pat at the NBA trade deadline. Green make a mistake, what should they do now? Plus, the Bruins finally lose under Bruce Cassidy. How will the black and gold respond? We'll talk about it on this edition of the Boston Sports Brew. Matias, Trader Danny does not live up to his name. How are you today? Dull headache, my friend. Dull headache. And probably
1: the same as a lot of Celtics fan around here, having a headache because of Trader Danny not striking. But at the end of the day, like you and I both thought, no major deal. Not really surprised by it. All I wanted was a guy who can rebound. I was a little disappointed they didn't even get that. You hear... You, you're definitely going to get guys that possibly could fall through the waivers, um, being bought out, guys like Andrew Bogut. And you're going to probably hear other guys um, that could possibly help out the team. But you got all these assets draws that you get from Brooklyn and you gotta, you just got to be smart with it. People on Twitter are losing their minds. And personally, I don't think Paul George or Jimmy Butler is going to bring a title to this team. The asking price for either of them was ast- Astronomical. Um, Butler more of a guard. George in the NBA obviously could have fit into that four spot, and he would have been a good fit. I I will say that. But will it bring this team a title? I I don't think so, Drives. I really don't. So you got to worry about a lot of other things. You you, you trade those assets, and then you got to worry about whether or not Jimmy Butler or Paul George will actually re-sign here. So. Everyone needs to breathe, relax and just 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 realize that the trade for Allen and freaking Garnett, those those deals those are a once in a lifetime thing. So, Ainge has a short-term goal, a long-term goal. Yes, you always want to win the title and when you are the GM of one of the most prestigious organizations in sports, you're you're gonna get ridiculed and People are going to comment on whatever move you make. And that's just, that's, that's the way it is when you're, when you're working for one of the best sports organizations ever. So it, it, it is what it is, man. I mean, you you gotta be smart with it. Some people might say he, he was passive. What are you waiting for? You're, you're wasting years of Isaiah Thomas and Horford and no, he's trying to win now, but he's also trying to grow for the future and. It's a tough spot draws. It really is. For me, I have no issues whatsoever with it. I think they did fine, but please go out and maybe get someone on the, uh, the waiver wire who can rebound the basketball because like you and I talked about it a little bit last week, I watched the Celtics probably a little bit more than the Bruins and you watched the Bruins a little bit more than the Celtics. And you were saying it last week, they can't rebound. And I was like, draws this is not normal. This is n- nothing normal. I mean, anything but normal because that's, that's what this team is. I just need somebody else besides Olinick or Zeller off the bench to rebound. And even people bitch and complain about Al Horford. Um, he, it's, it's tough. It, it's tough. And it's going to be tougher for this team going forward because the two teams who I think are going to be fighting with them to get to the Eastern conference finals against the Cavs, the wizards as well as the Raptors have gotten better and the Celtics just are sitting there. So I, don't, I wouldn't say they made a mistake, but just going to have to nut up and hopefully win that first playoff series and go from there.
0: Yeah. You know, Matty, it's the thing with the Celtics. And, and first off, I have no problem with them not making a trade. But like you said, we didn't think they were going to make a trade anyway. So I'm not surprised. And yes, if there was going to be somebody, be a big man to rebound. But at the same time, like they're outdoing themselves this year. If you look at the record, just by straight up record, because they're 29th in defensive rebounding percentage this season. They're horrid, horrendous. And defensive efficiency, they're 18th. Last season, I think they were something like top five. So this team you'd think would be doing worse. And yet, and somehow they're hitting three-pointers. So they're doing very well at that as well. This team is the number two seed right now. They're 37 and 20. Last year, they won 48 games. They're on pace right now to, to crush whatever they did last year. And I don't know how they're doing it, to be honest with you. But at the same time, I don't think Danny Ainge is trying to win this season. It's evident, it's obvious, and it's smart, I think. Because I don't think Paul George, like you just mentioned, or Jimmy Butler, or Andre Drummond, if it would have been him, or or whoever else you could have named was going to come in here and help them win that, cha- or make them win the championship, make them the 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 number one, the top enchilada in the Eastern Conference, better than the Cavaliers. I just don't think that would have happened. So by not trading... And letting Toronto give up assets to get Tucker and and Ibaka and then Washington getting Bogdanovich and Ilyasova going to the Hawks. All those guys, like that's fine. Let them all play. But they're still not better than the Cavs. Even if they can beat the Celtics, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because in the end, no one's going to care. No one cares. Okay, we'll go back to last season. And I know a lot of people, I'm going to bring up the Patriots. When they lost the Broncos in the AFC championship game. And you could say spoiled Boston fans, da, 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 da. But the fact is, like when they, when you lose in that game, the season doesn't feel like a success. Yes, it's a success, but it's not what you really want. You want to win it all. And I don't think Danny Ainge is going to do anything unless he thinks it's going to help him win it all. And he didn't see any of these trades as making that happen. And I agree with him. So stand pat. And if people are freaking out, like you say, Mattias on Twitter, I agree with that too. Calm down because somehow this team is winning without doing things that I feel like you're taught how to do in rec league, like box out, or at least look at the net when the ball's up there after the opposite team shoots the ball. So, I mean, it's ridiculous how they play to me and still win, but they are. So yeah, if you get a a Bogut or whatever, someone off waivers, they can come in and, and rebound. That's great, but I'm fine with them doing this, and I don't see any reason why they're not going to start winning or are going to start losing games now for not getting anybody, because the one thing that they do get to keep is a young nucleus, and they get to keep the continuity going with them all being together for a longer period of time. So I think that's a good thing, and I think the Celtics are completely fine. Yeah, I just worry draws because it's not that I worry.
1: It's going to be a point sooner or later, though, that you're going to have too many guys in the roster. Playing the same positions and they're not going to buy in and not only are they not gonna they're not going to buy in because they're not going to get minutes but they're going to need to get paid you got cap friendly contracts for every single guard on this roster right now including Isaiah Thomas who he's the reason that he, that they're winning games draws he's the main reason why they call him the, the king of the fourth whatever and it's true he has just took his game to another level an MVP candidate so that's the reason why they are winning games but you go back and look at teams that win the championship you you need a bunch of a players and you could argue that the Celtics don't even have an a player there's there's some people who say Isaiah Thomas is still not in the top 25 or not even in the top 40 all oh, he does is score his defense sucks but when you're an elite scorer like he is i don't know that that's a that's that's a tough argument to go against but is I you, you got to get a talent to win the title so tough spot for Ains draws really because what a talent is going to come here is there a guy that they absolutely love in the draft I mean they they only have a 25% chance of getting that one number one pick if they do if Brooklyn does end up with the worst record which they will I mean yeah they'll get a top three but we got Jalen Brown this year. Youth takes time to develop. Marcus Smart, sixth pick, finally starting to really play well. It takes time for young guys to win. Youth does not win. So I mean, you could argue that right now I'm contradicting myself because, uh, Matthias, if you're saying youth doesn't win, then why wouldn't you trade to get a George or a bullet, Butler? Because it goes back to the resigning again, draws. It all goes back to the resigning. You don't know if you can resign these guys. You got cap friendly. Numbers right now, you just got to, you're going to have to ride it out, but you might hear the same story next year, obviously, because all of these guys are improving. They're, there are just way too many guards and sooner or later, you're going to have to trade to get, to get a big guy and or else you're just going to lose out like a guy like Avery Bradley, who is going to want a lucrative amount of money or who's to say Ames doesn't view Isaiah Thomas as a max guy making 25 plus million a year. You don't know. We don't know what goes on in that guy's brain because he thinks some weird things. And as of right now, I just want them to win a playoff series. I've been saying it all year. I thought they would have Boogie Cousins right now. They didn't even want him. Rumors out there, nobody wanted him in the Celtics organization, including president, GM, coach. Stevens didn't want to coach him supposedly. Um, he goes to the Paloquins and he gets to team up with Anthony Davis. And I don't, I don't know about that. We, <laughs> that that's whatever. And we don't have to worry about that because they're in the West and they got a bazillion teams in front of them that they're going to have to compete with now. But it's not what I thought the Celtics would be roster wise right now. They are where I thought they would be in that second spot, but I thought they would have a cousins on this team or a superstar type of player. And sooner or later, they're going to have to get a superstar. And if they don't, they're, they're going to, it's going to be a long process, my friend. They're just going to paddle around here and just make the fans happy by winning games and making the playoffs and maybe winning a series here and there. But Horford's contract is three years. Goodbye. Are they really banking on like a Marquette's faults out of Washington or Alonzo Ball out of um, UCLA being the a savior, a superstar type of player? Um I've seen both of them play. Not not enough to really say whether or not they're going to be a game-changer type of player. Um, they're both going to be good. Uh, I'll give them that. I will say even as a Fryer fan, they're better than um, Chris Dunn, um, who went fifth last year in the draft of the Timberwolves. But rocking a hard place, Truss. Rocking a hard place. So you got to remember, though, Got a lot of guys chilling over there in Europe. Um, who the heck knows? I mean, you hearing that? Uh, Ante Zizic, if I'm saying that right, I think I am. Zizic. Zizic. And ja- I know Yabusele, but the Zizic guy, I feel like, could possibly come in here next year and rebound. So who 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 knows? Who knows? I think the, the key word... And you hate to do it here in New England because we're so effing spoiled right now. Patience.
0: I agree. I agree. I agree. And let's not forget, even though those trades happen once in a lifetime, that was on draft day when they traded for Ray Allen, at least. And then following Garnett came after that. They also made, I I heard about this and I knew nothing about this trade. But the way they got Kevin McHale and they got Robert Parrish was in 1980 in the draft. They actually had the number one pick, which they traded away, if all this is correct, from what I heard on the 98.5 Sports Hub today, radio.com app. They traded the one pick for the three pick, and I believe Parrish at that point. And look it, then they went on one, th- uh, what, three championships in the 80s? Something like that with Bird? Bird, McHale, Parrish? So draft day... When that happens, and like you mentioned, there's only a 25% chance that they can get the one pick, but they're going to get a one, two, or three. Whatever they get there, it's kind of like when in football, when everyone's like, oh, the quarterback, that sexy new player, you don't know what's going to happen. People fall in love with these young rookies every year. They make mistakes in fantasy. I work for fantasy sports radio. People make mistakes in fantasy. Just, oh my gosh, Carlos Correa was so good last season. And he was solid this year, but he wasn't that great for fantasy players who took him in the first round. You got to look at these young guys and and, and and back off, but people get enamored by them. And I think the Celtics will have a, a good chance to make a deal at that point after they get to see how, these Celt- how this team responds in a third straight playoff year being in the playoffs, you know, knock on wood that nothing crazy happens. They should be in the playoffs and how 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 they respond when they get there, how they play. Will they be better than they were last year? Will they win a series finally? We'll get to see all this with pretty much the same team added bringing Al Horford. That's it. Everybody else has been here. So I just feel like let this team play out. Let let it do what it's going to do. When it's the draft day and we know whatever pick the Celtics are going to have, We'll see then. I actually think there might be a trade then. But for now, I'm not surprised there wasn't a trade. If they bring in a big guy just to kind of like futz around and see if they can do a little more this year, that's fine. If they don't, you know what? I really don't care. I don't care at this point. It It is a little wackadoo, like not being able to rebound at all. And some of the things I see when Kelly Olynyk, whatever, he's just soft. We'll leave it at that. The point is they don't know how to rebound, but they're they're winning. They're winning. And that's all that really matters in the end. So I don't know how you can get mad at this team. I don't think any of these other teams are going to do anything much much else cuz Toronto's got Valanchunas, and I know they got more guys now but Boston was beat them with Valanchunas. Who's the other one that we just saw with Robin Lopez, the the Bulls. They almost they would have beat them if Marcus Smart didn't get called for a foul with 0.2 seconds left last Thursday. So the fact is these guys are still being teams with with big rebounders underneath. They don't care. So I am not that concerned that they can't rebound at this point because the numbers that matter, the wins, are there. So let them play it out. They're not going to beat the Cavs. Neither are the Wizards, neither are the Raptors, neither are the Hawks, neither are the Pacers, neither are the Bulls, or anybody else in this Eastern Conference. So who cares what the hell they bring in right now. Wait till draft day. Make a play then. Let the people get enamored by the rookies. And roll the dice.
1: Yeah, and I'm gonna
0: say it again, Draz,
1: youth does not win in the NBA. Michael Jordan, it took him his seventh season to finally win his first NBA championship. And you guys you got guys like LeBron James. Took him a while too. They're gonna have to somehow mix youth and get another free agent to possibly sign here or a trade. Like you mentioned, you never know what trades. People now are saying on Twitter, the most important time now is the the draft. For me, no, it's still winning. you you got to progress, progress. you, you got to make progress. As a fan, I am not going to be happy if they go to the playoffs this year and don't at least win a series. I thought they'd be going to the Eastern Conference Finals because of the team I thought they would create. But it, it didn't happen. And as of now, I'm going to readjust my... <laughs> prediction because I can that's the way the world works and we don't have cousins and we don't have a a superstar player like I thought and I'm going to say that they're not going to reach the Eastern Conference Finals I do think they're going to win a series though I think they're going to win a series that's enough for me and then after that you can point to the draft as the possible possible time of the next important time in Celtics franchise history because you never know a draft teams get crazy we'll figure out when the Celtics or what pick they will have if a team that falls in love with another player wants the deal, they get absolutely lovable with faults or ball or whoever Tatum I saw. He was he's a pretty good player on Duke, then maybe we'll do a trade then. But it's all about patience, man. It it, it is all about patience. And I gotta repeat it so people can get it through their thick skulls because Twitter is just exploding with the negativity. And incompetent people who think that a George or a Butler or a B, a B, um, list guy in the NBA, NBA. In my opinion, Paul George and Jimmy Butler are, are 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 good players. Some people might even say they're great players, but are they top ten? Are they top fifteen? Are they top twenty? I mean, you can argue they both score and they can defend. I'll give you that, but they're not going to get they're not going to get a title. So. Back to that word, I say patience. You gotta you just you just gotta believe in Danny Ainge. And fortunately we we have a lot of assets still. You got a lot of cap money still. So at least he didn't do anything stupid.
0: Yeah, he didn't do anything stupid. And the thing that you can also look at right here is the thought of and you brought this up before, Isaiah Thomas, is he truly a, a max contract player? Arguable. And- yeah, exactly. You can argue it. But the knock on Thomas is he hasn't won been a part of a team that's won a playoff series yet. So now by holding off, it's going to be the same team, essentially, like I said, bring in Horford. He's obviously new. He's on the team now. But let's see if Isaiah Thomas can lead when it counts most in the playoffs. Let's see if he stands up. And maybe that determines then for Danny Ainge, okay, this is a max contract player, or this isn't. I mean, he's breaking Havlicek's consecutive scoring Over 20 points a game streak. I mean, that's John Havlicek. That's legendary status right there in all of the NBA, not just Celtics lore. So let's see, though, if he can do it when it counts. Let's find out if he's a max contract player. Can they win that series with Isaiah Thomas leading the way? We'll find out. And you bring in anybody else, as Matty just keeps saying, and as I agree, yeah, maybe they win another series. Maybe they get to the conference final. But I just don't think that does them any good in the end. I don't think that's enough. And I still believe that, as I said before last week, I think that LeBron James at this point is at the top of his game until we can find a way to weaken him or something. And that might not be possible. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's like when Michael Jordan's around. You have Carl Malone, you have Charles Barkley, you have, I mean, Akeem Olajuwon got to win because Jordan left for a little while. Sean Kemp isn't really a great one for all time, but Gary Payton, all those guys, like you, so many players, Patrick Ewing, that were trying to win and they got so close. Reggie Miller, and they couldn't because Michael Jordan was in the league. It might be one of those cases. If it's that case, what are you supposed to do? You don't have the magic. T- you don't have the magic seed, which was Michael Jordan, and in this case might be LeBron James. You just don't have it. And I know Golden State's been winning, but they got eight billion players that can shoot three pointers, and they kind of changed the way that people were playing basketball. But now that that's game figured out. We'll see how well that works. I just don't know if it can be done, but I still think that if they would have done, made a trade on trade deadline Thursday, it wouldn't have helped them beat the Cavaliers. So that's why I think they made the right, the right move. Whether or not there is ever going to be a move to get them past LeBron James and the Cavaliers, I don't know, but I know this wasn't the move. So I'm happy they did what they did.
1: Yeah, there's nothing else to say, man. The only thing is they might have taken a step back compared to all those other teams, but doesn't matter. Yeah, Toronto looks sexier because they got Abaka and a bench guy in Tucker. Bogdanovich goes to the Wizards, and they're just like they love to score and run the court, so another shooter for them where John Wall can definitely space, space out. Um, you're going to have to respect Bogdanovich, so it gives guys even more opportunities to get shots, they're not going to beat the Cavs, all right? So, you you just got to deal with it as of right now.
0: Yeah, nothing else you can do right now. So, just go the way you're going right now. You're still competitive. They're still—they are fun to watch to an extent. They're a little—they can get you a little pissed off if you try to watch them rebound, but—
1: it's because the defense, man, the way the NBA is this year, nobody defends everybody. The scoring is like sky high. And I think it's frustrating. A lot of people who might've been traditionalists thinking wise, like you and I, when it comes to rebound and defense, but that's just the way the game is. And you got to, you got to adjust your expectations. you got to adjust the way you're viewing the game because it's not just the Celtics that are like this draws. It's a lot of other teams and you got to adapt to the situation and that that's that that's all you got to do w- with this with this situation. They're fun to watch. I'm going to continue to watch them and maybe they'll prove me wrong. I mean, my Providence Friars in basketball, I did not think we're going to be on the bubble and there I'm they're, um, straight on the bubble right now. They're proving me wrong. So prove me wrong, IT. Prove me wrong.
0: Prove me wrong and just like the Bruins had been proving everybody, you and or at least myself and yourself wrong with Bruce Cassidy taking over and them winning four straight until they finally lost to the Anaheim Ducks on Wednesday, 5-3. to My gosh, Mattias, I've just been, well, first off, I was impressed that they were able to pull off four wins like that. And then essentially after they got their bye week, still be sitting there in contention. But I have noticed one problem in these last two games for the Bruins. One being a win against San Jose, which was great Especially considering the way teams have been losing coming off their bye weeks, and they were one of the one teams, one of like I don't remember that four, twelve, and three maybe uh, the the teams coming off their bye weeks. So yeah, three
1: three teams out of nineteen won before the freaking Bruins won four out of twenty. So
0: yeah, very impressive. Yeah, it's impressive. But what I did notice, and it started in that game, and then it happened in the Ducks game as well, was. missed coverage assignments on defense it's, it's it's only it sounds like I'm talking football here but it's completely different than the problems that they'd been having on defense with Claude there in the game against San Jose the only goal that was scored was Patrick Marlowe just flying up one of the slots and he's wide open no one's on him no one no one's even looking at him there's four Bruins like to the opposite side of Martin Jones and Marlowe is just flying one of the best goal scorers of all time is flying up the slot Easy shot on Tuca for the goal, and I know Boston won that game, and they did a great job overall. But it was much more noticeable in the Ducks game. Every single one of their goals besides, obviously, the last goal, which is an empty netter that was just given to them because they hooked. I forget who the hell hooked cogliano and they just gave him the goal. Every one of those goals was wide open. The guy was just – whoever it may be on – Anaheim, Raquel, or whoever was scoring the goal was just sitting there wide open. No defense on these guys right in front of the net. This was worse than coming down the slot like Marlowe, And there's Bruins everywhere just staring at him. So this could be a problem because I did not notice this in the previous games before the break. And now I'm noticing this now. So I don't know if this is something that's going to stay. Hopefully they can quickly Realize this, I know a lot there's been a lot in the media at least talking about the coverage, so that's a good thing I feel like then again, I don't know, like do you pay attention to the media or not? Is that a good thing? blah 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 blah, but whatever that was their poison on Wednesday night against the ducks. That's why they lost that game. I know there was problems with the with the refs and all those other things, but ultimately it was missed defensive assignments that lost in that game. It wasn't even turnovers, missed defensive assignments, a whole different type of problem that we have yet to see. For the Bruins, that's where they lost. So hopefully they can turn that around. Maddie, do you think that that will be a problem moving forward for the bees? Yeah, it's
1: a different way of playing. All of a sudden, you fire a coach, and then the other guy comes in, and after all these years, especially the guys who've been around forever, they are trying to change up the way they're playing. It's going to take time. You still got young guys, and now they're trying to learn a different system, and it's tough draws. drives. It, it is. So that's why I said... Got to slow down with Cassidy. I know you were staying positive last week by picking him as your brew, and he obviously admitted that in hindsight last night. He he screwed up. He challenged a play that he probably shouldn't challenge, and then the Ducks score that um that Manson goal to put him up three to two, and clearly offside, and he couldn't challenge because he already challenged. And then you like you like you said you got coverages issues going on out there. Um, I didn't like some of the mixes and matches Cassidy was doing later in the game, and what I mean by that you got guys like Miller, both Millers and Spooner Nash, and Moore line was out there a little too much. I felt like you gotta be smart in how you you match the guys out there, and I didn't think Cassidy did the best last night by getting his best players out there, so. Not not a good night for that. Not a good night for the coach. Not a good night for the team overall. Another second period blah, which seems to happen, and Bruins losing their ninth game draws in the final five minutes of a game this season. It, it just it's tough as a Bruins fan. They're there, they're there, and then nine games they've lost in that fi- that final five minutes. So either way, man, either way, I could see this going. Fortunately, they did get that. Win in San Jose, which I was surprised myself. Where only three out of nineteen teams, like I said, won, and they were the fourth now out of twenty. That was pretty impressive to me in that game. I still saw a couple missed assignments here and there, but you get—it's going to take time to get used to this. Do the Bruins have time? No, of course they don't, because (laughs) the season's going on right now. That's why it's tough when you fire a coach with a totally different philosophy than the other guy to keep on going here and. They got a game tonight against L.A., not having a good year, so maybe they can squeak out a point. But as of right now, the Boston Bruins are on the outside looking in playoff-wise, and they didn't fall as much as I thought they would, though, Draz. I I will say that. You got a couple teams in front of them where if they did win the other night, they would be in front of Toronto and Florida, but instead they are behind Toronto and Florida. But they only have one game in hand now, it's not a massive amount of games because they did finally get their bye they caught up, but it, it it is what it is. The guys are gonna have to adjust. I, I I don't I just don't think it's gonna work out for this Bruins team this year. I I really don't.
0: Two things here. One, do you do you are you in favor of? Okay, so you lose a game like they just lost in the final minutes. Now getting to jump back right away the next night. Obviously, it's a back to back and getting to play again. Do you think that's a good thing? So you can possibly yep. just get it out of your mind or you think it's a bad thing because it's, it's like, all right, good we just thing. tried our asses off and we lost?
1: Uh, good thing, especially because they just had the buy man. You want to start to get consistency rolling again here. And as of right now, you've got 60 games and you only have 22 left draws. You, you, after a game like last night, you just want to go back out there and try to get the momentum going again. So for me... I. I, I would definitely say it, it's good to get going. Why? What do you think? And what was your second point?
0: I agree with that. I think it's good because you want to get that taste out of your mouth. You get to do it right away. And for in this case, obviously, Anaheim and Los Angeles are not far away, although if you're driving, it can be seem like you're far away. But the second point was David Krejci. I feel like Krejci has turned into David Krejci since Cassidy's taken over. He's become David Krejci. Like, he is everywhere. He is making plays He's been ridiculous. I, I have really seen David Krejci like, turn on the Jets, turn the corner. I don't know if he's just feeling better. I don't know what's going on, but this guy is making plays left and right. The play that he's made, doing when he's got Pasternak on the line with him and Solaric, they're just looking great. And Solaric, that's the other one right there. Solaric has been fantastic. They got him on the second line, and Krejci's even winning, and I know this didn't happen as much in the Anaheim game. But I will give props. I want to give it two ways. One, I Bergeron I feel like has been kind of falling back in his face off wins, but and and Ryan Kessler is the best or one of the best in the leagues. I know Ryan O'Reilly's pretty good as well. But Kessler in this game, he killed Bergeron to start it off against Anaheim. But at the end, and Ryan Kessler's such a punk. I can't stand him. And Bergeron dominated his butt in the end there. In in the third third period. So that was great. And the other thing was San Jose in the San Jose game, Krejci, out of nowhere, I don't know if he lost the faceoff. And every time I always, I'm always thinking, why are you putting him in there? Why is he in there? I didn't freaking play, I don't know, I don't know, Pasternak, I guess, and Salark lately. You can't put them in there. But Bacchus, I remember when he was playing on the line with Bacchus, I would have put Bacchus in there because Bacchus is better. But Krejci, against San Jose, he may have won like nine faceoffs. So I just want to bring those points up because I, I, was, I thought that was some good stuff that I saw out of the Bruins. And they're going to need that. Puck possession is key. In any game, like everything, or or ball possession in football, so that was good. I just want yeah, to point I'll, out the good things. Oh yeah, the good the good thing is, I I guess you can look at it two ways.
1: They're skating hotter since Claude has been fired, which is scary because why weren't they doing? Why weren't they trying as hotter draws with Claude than they are with Cassidy? I'm talking about like everybody. They're they're get their legs are are a lot better. Throughout the entire game, like everybody, it seems like maybe it's Clove's gone. We gotta show the new guy that what we can do. Maybe guys got complacent with Clove because they've been around for a while, and I I don't know what it is. It, it it's sad that if, if they were not trying, but it, it's good now that they are. Um, but I'll I'll be honest. I'm more I'm more excited now with the way they're they're playing than. When I was when Claude was here, it's not only better to watch, but the guys that are on the roster, they're they're getting utilized better. You got guys that can possibly be creative here. You just gotta let them play. You really do. You you can't you can't get guys all frazzled by making a mistake. And there were reports that a guy on the record on the team, a young guy, said he was worried about making a mistake because if he made a mistake, he thought he was gonna be ten freaking um. Oh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ten floors up, sitting on the side of Neely, not playing. So that's not good. If younger, younger guys were thinking that with Claude, which I, I'm not surprised because that's what he did, then it's good that he's gone. And now they can actually go out there and play a little bit more freely and use the skills that they have because certain guys were were – are just not Claude Julian type of players. And he's got his own mess to deal with now up there in Montreal, a team that was way out in front of everyone, but believe it or not right now, sitting in first place with now only 72 points, which is crazy draws. The Bruins are only six points, believe it or not, behind Montreal. The just uh, Eastern Conference Atlantic Division really, really down this year. Um, and he's got his own mess to deal with. But for the Bruins... I'm more excited with the way they're playing now uh, going forward and another team. Prove me wrong. Go for it because you never know what can happen. I'm just glad that we got some time here in between Red Sox season where the Bruins and the Celtics are going to be fighting for playoff spots. Celtics more about seeding Bruins more about um, obviously getting in, but guys are starting to come around a little bit. I'd like to see Bergeron, like you said. Start to do a little bit more. He's had a down year, in my opinion. But and, and it'd be nice to have a, the backup goaltender win a win a game every now and then. We don't have to wait two months. So I'm sure Chuka's going tonight.
0: <laughs> That's no, it cannot he be. Here. What's that? He he cannot. Be. You think you're gonna put him in back to back? It's got to be uh, Hudobin. I, there's no way. I don't know, man. That many days off. <sighs> I just I, I think that I think good. Uh, Kudobin's going to be in. I I have to believe he's going to be in. I I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they go for it because they lost. I don't know. But I know that Los Angeles obviously doesn't have Jonathan Quick, although they've been dealing with that for the entire season. They have, however you say, Peter Budai, I believe, in goal, who's been doing, had been doing pretty decent. So he's over there for Los Angeles. Either way, Right now, you mentioned the fact of being in the Atlantic Conference. Montreal is in first. With Actually, the Bruins have a game in hand on them with 72 points, and it's just a cluster you-know-what in that division. The worst team being Detroit, 58 points. Best team, Montreal, 72. And It's up for grabs. If they were in any other division, I don't know, at least if they were in the Metropolitan, it wouldn't be easy at all. But in this case, they can either A, get possibly get in with an actual top three team in the Atlantic because right now the Toronto Maple Leafs have 67 points one point more than the Bruins and they played or they don't have a game in hand on Montreal okay they played one less game than the Bruins and they only have one more point so
1: yeah if you get to the
0: third seed you're in exactly
1: exactly so they're lucky the the division that they're in and Groban is starting tonight that is confirmed so I would have, I would have, I would have not been surprised though, man. They just love to burn out Tuka Rask, but I know back to back he's done it before this season. So, well, yeah, I'm
0: glad that they're acting. You're crazy with him.
1: Uh, I know it's it's ridiculous. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. They they need to they they have to track they they have to put out the back the backup no matter what happens. And again, three years in a row, and, and count in counting, you know freaking backup goaltender next year. That'd be nice, don't you think?
0: Yeah, maybe that would help them actually win some games and, like you said, not go two months without the backup getting a win or getting going, like, two weeks without Tuca getting a rest because that's just not asking for winning hockey. And I remember the Devils near the end of the uh, Martin Broder's career. They just kept wearing his butt out, and <laughs> they, he'd do well all year, and he'd get to the playoffs, and he just had nothing left. I mean, you can't do that with these goaltenders. And you're going to wear out Tuca's career (laughs) if you keep this up. Seriously. You can't do this. This is a a top-line goaltender. People forget about it because this guy gets so overworked. He's a top-line goaltender who is overworked right now because you guys don't have a backup goaltender. So that shouldn't be that hard to figure out. I feel like it should be a lot easier to figure out. But for some reason, they
1: can't. They shouldn't. Fortunately, and yeah, I was wrong. I thought he actually played about three back-to-backs this entire season, but he only played one. So,
0: yeah, it is it's it's
1: it is what it is with the backup goaltending situation. It's frustrating. Yeah, they've, done what, it's
0: frustrating. they've done what they've done and not. And I don't know, Matt. There's really nothing to report from Red Sox camp. Pitchers and catchers have reported, folks. You know that. We know that. But. Nothing too much. Pablo Sandoval looks like he's lost a little weight. We'll see back yeah. and can continue.
1: <laughs> you got a lot of guys that it seem like in Benatendi, Betts, and Bradley who are just company men or they've been schooled on how to deal with the media. And these guys are not the typical boisterous or loud wackadoos like we've dealt with in the past with Manny and Pedro and Ortiz and no contract issues to deal with here. Sandoval supposedly looks good, like you just said. Hanley says he wants to somehow be a leader. I, I found that to be laughable. I still don't think the guy's going to make it through the season this year, but we'll save that story for another day. Sale is blah. He says he's a boring guy. He's very private. And that, that's he the rest sucks right now. So they're, they're very blah uniforms. down there, and hopefully he doesn't cut up any uniforms. And we're still sitting here and not getting a Patriot franchise. The more time goes by draws. I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. I think guys like, oh, Bennett's definitely going to cash in. But I think Hightower is also. And more of this goes by, would not be surprised to see him walk. I know we didn't put anything Patriot on the rundown, but got to bring that up because time's going by here. He's already won two rings. You got to make the money, man. I don't, if the, if the freaking Patriots are trying to lowball them and we know how the Patriots work and whatever, it's the Patriots. I'm not going to say anything, but. Want to go get money, man? I have no issues. Go go cash in somewhere else. And I I feel like it's it's going more towards that. I don't know what you
0: think. I know, but you know what? This is my thought process. You could make the one argument to me would be the fact that he's been banged up a lot over the years where he's missed games or missed time within the games. But he's always come back and made plays, as we've seen in these two last two Super Bowls. So... I think, especially considering what we thought going into last season with Malcolm Butler, Chandler Jones, Jamie Collins, and Dante Hightower, that they were going to have to, well, we thought probably at least two of them would get paid. And at this point, there's only two left. I can't believe that they won't take Hightower. I think, I don't care how long it takes. I have to believe that somehow Belichick and the, the brain trust and within the Patriots organization know something about his personality or like something about his personality that makes them say, okay, we're comfortable with him. We will pay him. We weren't comfortable with Collins. We weren't com- comfortable with Chandler Jones. I have to believe that. So, no, I I, I don't care when it happens. It's it's going to happen. They will get a contract done with Hightower, whether it be they have to franchise them and get it done or they just literally give him a contract. They will pay up for Dante Hightower. I 100% believe it.
1: All right. My All right. My, I'm just I'm starting to tinker the other way, tinkering the other way.
0: All right, Mattias. Let's give our brews of the week here. What are you? Uh, you well? Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, I'll
1: go first. Mine's going to be very quick, and we've mentioned his name numerous times throughout the show. But my brew of the week is going to go to Danny Ainge. You know why? Because there are a lot of incompetent GMs out there that will make idiotic moves. We could we could just point back to Vladi Divac, <laughs> who supposedly was saying Cousins is going nowhere, and then gives away cousins to the Pelicans for a bunch of crap and goes on record to say that he had a bat- better deal two days ago. And <laughs> for me, I would just blow my mind if I have a manager, a general manager who is actually saying that out loud to the public, admitting that he technically screwed up by not taking the better deal and trading away one of your better players, so. I know it might not be a popular brewer of the week, but for me, I'm going with Ainge because he didn't screw up. He is playing this very, very um wisely. The team is doing well right now. You got young talent. Let let it ride. See what happens. And that and that's about it, man. Because he could have easily screwed this up today and people could have been flipping out about how he traded away too much or he got rid of too many young young players that have already starting to Prove themselves in the league, a la Crowder, Bradley, or Smart, and he didn't. So sometimes the best move is no move. And for me, Danny Ainge, you you did it right today. You get my Brew of the Week.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that one. And mine is gonna go out. Look, I couldn't find a Brew of the Week this week. At least I didn't. I, I was gonna go with something uh, college basketball, but really, Fine, really man. that wasn't. No, I'm no, not gonna it do doesn't it. Doesn't have to be it's...
1: Boston. Sometimes I feel like you focus way too much on the Boston, but.
0: Well, no, this isn't going to be Boston as well. I, the other thing I do a lot of, quite often, whenever I'm looking for a brew of the week, I I go to BarstoolSports.com. I I think Barstool is hilarious, and oh. I, whoever's listening, oh, I would recommend always going to that So You probably all do already, but this I get story, shout
1: outs to Portnoy and Company because those guys are just absolutely phenomenal at what they do.
0: They're killing it. They're killing it. But this story. <laughs> This story, Matty, is just—I. This is just funny. So my brew of the week is going to go to the Mississippi man who was hanging naked in a tree, calling for his lost dog, and had to be taken out of the tree by firemen with ropes, cause he was stuck, butt naked in Mississippi, the- hanging upside down, his, you know what, wagging around like the dog's tail, searching for for his puppy Elijah, which. The neighbor, who I can't understand yet if it was his brother or if it was just his neighbor, sees this man hanging there upside down, calling for his puppy, his dog or whatever. And the dude's stuck. He's stuck in the tree. So he has to call the fire department to come and get him down. <laughs> just sitting there. They're like, this is on barcelosports.com. Go check it out. They're like, yes, we had to uh, take a ladder and go up and cut down some tree branches and then connect some ropes to the man and and lower him down. So it's just, I don't know. Everyone loves their dog. Anyone that's had a dog, everyone loves their dog. So I understand trying to find your dog, but I don't know how this man or why this man thought that that was the way to do it, but whatever the reason, yeah, probably, or maybe it's Mississippi, but whatever the reason, Okay, whatever the reason, it's good enough to give me a great laugh. So you, man, Mississippi man that hangs from the tree, butt naked with the lost dog, you are my brew of the week.
1: Yeah, lay off the PCP, synthetic, whatever. That's just absolutely crazy. But, yep, you know, it doesn't surprise me. It's the world we live in, man. This freaking world. And I know on a, a lot of sports shows, they like to go off and talk po- political. Draz and I do not like to go down that road. And the good thing about us is we can separate that from our sport fan, sport, and um the teams that we root for because so much crap has been said about that. We're not going to go down that road. We're going to end on that positive crazy note. Very, very surprising. Did not think draws was going to pull. I, I could have had like a million guesses, and I probably wouldn't have guessed you were going to say that as the Brew of the Week. So, hey, I like your brew this week. Last week, not good, but this week, good job.
0: Yes. Thank you, Mattis. Thank you, Mattis. Yep. And folks, Uh. That kid I'm hanging out of the tree, you win. Cassidy,
1: normal human being, you don't win. Yep, I make sense. <laughs>
0: no, it's just a funny story. It's a good uh, it story, is. man. Good stories should always be yeah. told. That's the That's the point. Always tell a good story. And our story is done for the day, folks. That's it for this Boston Sports Brew. As always... If you could like our Facebook page, that would be great. If you give us a rating on iTunes, that would even be greater. And if you want to talk, tweet us at BOS Sports Brew. We'll be back next week. Until then, for Mattias, I am Draws. Thank you all for listening to another edition of the Boston Sports Brew.